Welcome to the Crook in the Book podcast, where three pastor friends discuss the Bible and how it connects to life and local church ministry. I'm Luke Miller, and I'm here with my coworkers and friends, Jeremy Muncie and Andrew Balich. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing James 1, 26 through 27. So since I'm the one who preached that passage, a little bit of a different format today. Uh, Jeremy <laughs> is being given the power and is going to be asking, uh, asking Andrew has a better reading today, voice, so. though. Andrew, listen to this man's voice, you guys. Andrew, I, I'd love Andrew to read it. Yeah, I'm happy to read it. All right. <laughs> James 1, uh, 26 and 27. So we're on the same page here. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll take over here and start with the questions. Um, Luke, if you had to summarize like the main point or the main theme of that passage, uh, what, what would you say? Yeah, I'm just pulling straight from my outline here. And what I had written down was a mature Christian is not self-deceived, but proves their religion is pure by how they actually uh live so yeah those elements of uh not being deceived uh, in your heart which is a recurring theme it seems in james um and then proving the uh the purity of your religion not just by how you talk or uh, how you hear if you go back to the previous week's passage but by how you actually live how i'd summarize it so if you had to do that in 10 words or less luke how would you do it hey <laughs> 10 words or less. I'll just... <laughs> it doesn't have to be exact, but yeah, as concise as you can make it would be great. Yeah. Uh, a mature Christian isn't deceived in their heart, but they prove the religion is real and true by how they actually live. All right. Amen. Amen. Well, what would you say if, if there was, uh, you know, something in this passage that you had to sort of like wrestle with or something that... Um, was was kind of took the most time for you to un unfold what, what what would that be yeah something i wrestled with and i i talked through with you guys is um i just wanted to be sure that while i did not at all uh blunt the edge of what james is saying because james is is meant to be a convicting uh book uh they also was fair in the the section that talks about a person's religion uh, being, being worthless. Um, I, I don't think, as I wrestled through it, I don't think James was saying that if you've ever struggled to control your tongue or if you've ever uh, not cared for someone the way that you should have, uh, that that automatically means that you just, you're not a Christian and you've never done anything that was of worth in your life. Um, I think, again, he's trying to offer some kind of test to make sure we're really being honest with ourselves about where we're at, uh, which certainly could mean that for some people, if they see just a consistent lack of love of neighbor, I mean, obviously that may very well mean they're not really regenerate. Uh, but for those who um, just have struggles at times, as all Christians will at times, want them to feel the conviction, but not, not question their salvation was something I wanted to make sure I, uh, I dealt with uh, fairly yeah. there, hopefully. No, I, I think in reading that, you know, when he's saying that religion is worthless, I think he's saying, I think really what he's saying there is the the practice that you're that you're fleshing out that is undergirded with some kind of thinking or or religion or something behind it 
if you're if you're not bridling your tongue, then whatever it is that's fueling that is worthless. And he's saying, well, what what should fuel our life is pure religion. And here's what pure religion looks like. Here's the the fruit of that. Um, no, that's good. I think that's important that you that you did that. And I think this uh, there's uh, kind of s- similar passages all through the Bible. I'm thinking of the qualifications for an elder that. Uh, t- or Paul lays out to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and, and also to Titus in Titus chapter 1. Um, there is no human being other than, than Jesus that's ever lived that was the epitome of all of those things. Uh, but they should be um, regularly characterized by those things. And I I kind of think... Well, what I do you appreciated think, too. No, I appreciated the qualification at the very beginning so that we didn't have to like spend all of our time on qualifications. Listening to your sermon was really helpful uh, in the sense that, you know, you, you made the point very early on that even before going, kind of walking through the text that, look, pure religion is never less than these uh, things yes. that are named here, but it's more, you know? So uh, we're not truncating, really. Really. Just, to, just to say like, hey, we're going to dig into this text and look at what James is talking about very specifically. But uh, let's not truncate all of what we're talking about of pure religion being, being these things, you know? And so it was like, okay, well now that once we've had that qualification, now we can walk through the text and look at what, uh, look at what James is saying, which I I thought was a, a helpful way to do that. And then you walk through very clearly, you know, controlling the tongue, caring for the vulnerable and, uh, cleansing from, from the world. So, I did have a question though, Luke, for, uh, uh, when you, when you were doing your, using your illustration about tells and, and who people playing games of deception, uh, and who is obvious, uh, you didn't say who it was during your sermon, but I I'd love to know now because Dar- <laughs> Dar- Darcy and I have a little bit of a bet going. I, I think I know, but I want to, I want to know who you're talking about. Hey, Can man. you do that or is that not allowed? As I said in the message, um, I don't want this person to lose every game that they play for the rest of their life. So I just... You're protecting the guilty, huh? I got to protect what you're doing the here? guilty. But I would just say, uh, if you're around some people I know and you watch for those tells, you just might figure yeah. out uh, who it is. All right. So it's not Morgan. Okay. We can move on. Well, uh, I can, never, I can <laughs> either... Hey, I can <laughs> either confirm nor deny. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah, that that was a good illustration, though, dude. It it really was of yeah, people giving their tells, and and we all know those kind of people who start to twinge or itch or blink or do you know something random, <laughs> uh, and and uh, kind of give up their hand. So, I certainly do. I would just say uh, if you have uh, a problem with tells, and we, we all do have have some, don't ever play a game with Jason Doyle if you know who that guy is at church. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, right man. through. If you play a game with him, man, he will read you. So just, just yep, be warned. Like a book. That's good. That, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that word of advice there. Watch out for Jason. Uh, so, okay. Something about counter, <laughs> something about counter psychology in the military teaches you to read people, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question here. Um, you know, what are one or two ways like that? just the average Christian should be looking to apply this text to their life. What are a couple yeah. of ways maybe that you want to apply it to your own life? Yeah. Not calling um, you average, but you know, yeah, 
I'm, my I life. How pretty, about that? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty I'm, average. Yeah. No, I will go with honestly what I you know would could think from my own self first here. Um, I think one, just generally speaking, this is a little less specific, but I think just being open to the fact that we can all be deceived in our hearts sometimes about how mature we might think we are. And that can be a really difficult thing to face and to own up to. But I think just prayerfully asking the Holy Spirit, please, Lord, don't let me walk with a deceived heart. Don't let me spend years uh, thinking that I'm mature, maybe in this area, or that I you know, look pretty Christian when I'm actually not bridling my tongue and I don't even realize it or something like that. I think just uh, humbly, prayerfully seeking to be open to that would be one application. The other one for me um, would, would probably just be, it's, it's hard to move past the, the tongue as one, but just because, I mean, we obviously use our, our mouths uh, constantly every day. And I just know for me, I often can think that I'm being pretty self-controlled um, with what I'm saying. But if I really look at it honestly, there are many times where, um, where yeah, where I'm just not as, to use James's language, as bridled as I should be. And there's something in mm. my heart. Again, it's always about the heart. There's something in my heart yeah. that's making me speak more sharply to that person or um, sharing and going on when I should know, hey, I need to stop. This is, you know, this person's heard enough for one day from me. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's just always one that has to constantly be on our minds. Yeah. What would you say? So like just kind of in that same vein, uh, what would you say is like the the grid that you try to work through or do, do you have a, is there like a question or two that maybe you ask yourself before you speak? Yeah. Um, I would go back to a lot of what you've said and a few Sundays ago. I thought that was super helpful. Um, one, is it necessary? Um, does this, it may be true. Does it really need to be said? Uh, what were some of the other ones you had? I think another one, if I'm remembering right, was, am I the best person you, to say this? Yeah. And I think that's a great question. It could very well be that uh, this does need address, but it might be somebody else um, is much better qualified and uh, either trust the right use someone else. Biggest um, one in my life is timing. Yeah, you know, like I, you know, just with little kids and a family and stuff, you know, there's a lot of times that things need to be said, but is it the right time? You know, have I, have I already overwhelmed? Have I already said enough? Do I need to uh, wait until attitudes and hearts and feelings are right? You know, I, I think that's, a, yeah. that, that's the biggest controlling of tongue where I, I just feel like, okay, let's, let's deal with everything that needs to be dealt with now so we can move on. Well, no, let's deal with what is the timing is right right now and then wait, you know, for, for other things that, that for me was the biggest uh, that's a great word point, you know, yeah. uh, it is at least the one that I, I struggle with the most. Well, I, I know as, as men, you know, sometimes we like to solve problems and we like to get things taken care of and cleaned up and, and so we can just move on. And it just takes patience sometimes, sometimes somebody, you know, you, you've, you've shared enough and they can only bear so much. And, you know, those bridges of trust that you build between you and another human being, they can only carry so much cargo. At, at a time, you know what I mean? There, there will be times where, okay, I have way too much on that bridge right now. And if I add a little more to that, either 
all of it's going to be lost or at least some of it's going to fall off and spill off over the side and, and not be retained. Um, and so I think you got to sometimes ask the Lord for wisdom. Lord, Lord, what do I say and when do I say it? And sometimes what you'll find is if you address the right thing, let's say there's, there's five issues going on with your child or your spouse or some person in your life you're discipling or whatever. If sometimes if you, if, if you ask the Lord for wisdom, he'll give you wisdom to say, ooh, it's this one little issue over here that's affecting all of these other issues. And so I need to drill in on that, you know, patiently and lovingly, but I need to make sure that that issue is the one that's, that's addressed. Um, anyways, no, that's good. Yeah. Luke. That's, that's helpful. I think Next time uh, I want I think marriage I counseling, I'll ask you, Jeremy, I don't, I don't oh. want you to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's the one issue? Here's the eight things about her that are bothering me lately. Uh, what's the one thing? No, uh, I am bad sometimes at that. I just know that, uh, there, there have been times where that's been the case. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them all right now. Jesus said, Oh yeah. Disciples. Yeah. 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 That's a great reminder. Um, so if you were to preach this text again, Luke, it's one of our famous questions we like to ask, is there anything you would have added in that you didn't have in there? Anything you would like to have included? Yeah, I did have to cut some stuff for uh, sake of time. Um, something that I, I mentioned a couple times, um, and I don't want to dwell too much on, we want to make sure the word of God is first aimed at our own hearts and be careful about always, you know, looking at other people. But I did just throw out there a couple of times, let's be careful about being influenced by, I don't know, Christian leaders on YouTube or whoever, who maybe are not good examples and some of these things. Right. And um, one that I didn't get a lot of time to spend on was just uh, uh, worldliness. You know, the third point, cleansing from the world. I think, um, yeah, we just need to be mindful of uh, folks who maybe say a lot of the right stuff, but some of their methods and goals seem rather um, focused mainly on this, just this present world which again, we care about, we want to do our part and do good, but right. we don't want to act as if the goal is to create heaven on earth. And so I was going to mention the pretty popular uh, resurgence of, of what's called theonomy in, in our day that we've discussed some as elders, you know, and read up on a little right. bit. And there's a lot we could say about that, but basically the goal is to try to recreate uh, a, a kind of a perfect heaven on earth kind of scenario. And it kind of gets, um, yeah, it, it wants things too soon, sooner than God has, has promised. Yeah, I think them. we all want that. The question yeah. is, how do you how do you get it, and and yes. can we get it? You know, apart from the return of Christ, and yeah, yeah, that might be a good uh, podcast episode one day. That was part of your illustration, right? I mean, that I I think I I don't I actually don't even know. I've not watched the Netflix uh, documentary, but the homeschool group that you uh, mentioned that. Uh, you know, has like a contract for not adoption, not adopting and, and not allowing foster care. I'm assuming they would be in that theonomy bandwagon, post-millennialist kind of uh, mindset. Theology. You know, yeah, of wanting, yeah. wanting, wanting more of the kingdom now than is available now. I'm I not sure on that, but I would definitely say they would have that same kind of spirit about them where, yeah, they would want to yeah. create what is in their minds. Um, have it on earth and it leads to a lot of really ungodly decisions yeah. yeah what's the name of the uh the group 
Do you mind saying uh, for those who'd be curious? I honestly can't remember. There are church members who uh, know about it, who, who I could ask and, and get that info by off the top of my head. I cannot remember. Sorry. Okay. No, no, no worries. I, I just uh, sounded like a good date night yeah. uh, for Darcy and I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always looking for a good documentary, you know? <laughs> is What is the... Uh, Tommy just put in the chat Institute of Basic Life Principles. Yeah, I've That's actually had never heard of it. Sounds right. Yeah, the the documentary is Happy, uh, Happy Shiny People. I I have not watched it, and so I cannot endorse it. But I know oh, okay. those who gotcha. I know yeah. have watched it have at least found it very interesting to watch. But not Christian yeah. made, obviously. But it does feature uh, some born again Christians. Uh, I think also some not. Born again people as well talking about their experience, so just be warned. But yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's helpful. All right. Well, we're gonna move on to our last question here. Um, and it's a really, really important one. I know uh Andrew has some really um is strong it, opinions on Is this it one. about is it about is Luke wearing his stained pants, his khakis <laughs> that he cleaned the chimney in? I I does he need to stand up and Yeah, face yeah. The question is 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 uh, how dirty can your pants be and still wear them to church? That that would be the question. No. Um no, the question I have is is who do you want to see win the Super Bowl this year? Guys, I that's it's really important to me that I know. I'm sure everyone's dying to hear. Andrew, so if you if you this. could, yeah, if you could let me know who's going to be in the Super Bowl, that would be great, and then I can can well, give a. <laughs> I well, can I give can't let opinion. you know for sure because there's four teams left. But who, who do we have? The Forty Niners, oh, okay. the Detroit Lions. Ravens. You also have the Ravens, and then lastly, Chiefs. you have the Chiefs. Okay, I said that with a frown. Well, just to make I've. I've heard Push of the Lions. I've heard of the Lions because I have extended family up in Michigan. So that'll be the one I hope win. <laughs> Wait, you said you've heard of sports Lions ball. before? The sports that, ball ball. I've heard of Lions before. Yeah, I, it's uh, yeah. We I, I remember uh, our uh, yeah our our family holidays. Don't don't they play on Thanksgiving or something? Don't the Lions always play? Yeah. Okay. Yep, the so Cowboys I've, do too. Of all of the. Uh, NFL teams that I've ever watched, the Lions are probably the most I've ever watched because there you go. I always have family uh, who from Michigan who who watch football on on Thanksgiving. So now yeah, tell I'm, me you I'm, know the famous I'm running rooting. back. Yeah, yes, you're rooting for him. Tell me you know their famous running back. Tell, just tell me, like the the, the most um, famous Detroit Lions running back of all time. Yeah, was he called the Bus? <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> All right, his yeah, first I name know. is Barry, and his last yeah. name rhymes with Danders. Uh, Barry Sanders was. Oh yeah, yeah Barry. Every, that was every the next Pittsburgh name. fan in that the gonna... crowd just had a. <laughs> he was pretty special. Of pain right now. <laughs> I'm sure he made lots of home runs. So yes, yes he made tons of home runs. <laughs> the, tons of home runs the, and goals. The bus <laughs> did play for the Steelers, though. So you did actually. Okay, so it's the same back, part so. of the yeah. the country. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Blue collar factory working. <laughs> communities um i'm going with the lions too man i just want to see them win something and do well you know for a change so i chose yeah, right I, there you go <laughs> I'm, I'm torn between the the niners and the and the lions i like them both lions it would just be awesome to see them win finally uh niners, oh my, yeah. i do just like that team i like how they're coached i i like brock purdy 
um, as a player and everything. So I'd be happy, uh, happy for him. Quite a cool story being the last guy picked and then to win the Super Bowl would be pretty crazy. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Either one, yeah. I'll be happy. It's like All my right. life. The last, last person picked. Yeah. You know, <laughs> whatever. Whatever I would, yeah. Uh, for for a theology team, for the theology team, Andrew, I pick you. I I pick Thank likewise. You for that. Likewise. Yeah. All right. I believe that concludes our thoughts on the Super Bowl. Thanks for joining us, and uh, please join us again in a couple of weeks for the Crook in the Book. Our music, as always, is by Gregory Allen Isakov, and our producer is Tommy Musius. Thank you, Tommy. We'll see you all next time.